Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Welcome back, y'all, to Mixing with Moni. I am super excited for today's episode. Not as thick with Raven um, as the one with Raven was a couple of, what, now, a week ago or two weeks ago. But just as good and juicy and fun, I have a few things happening. I have our normal segments where I'm going to talk Real Housewives of Atlanta and um, New Jersey first. Then I'm going to be doing the Vanderpump Rules premiere with the Real Moms of Bravo uh, from Instagram, from their podcast, Abby and Vanessa from Real Moms of Bravo. They're always a good time and I like having them on and they were one of my very first, they were the first, I was their first guest and um, they were probably my first guest and I mean I could not love them more for introducing me to this world so we had a great time talking about the Vanderpump Rules premiere especially since they went to BravoCon and saw the premiere and gave us some background info on that as well and after that I'll be finally talking about Dallas and the shit show that that is um what might happen what I think my thoughts and opinions on it I'm finally saying more than just throw it away um it will end with throw it away but everything in between I hope you will love and finally I will end with the two new segments that everyone voted on which are FOMO so fear of missing out which is that uh, um acronym shows that I'm watching that I think you should be too and why I'm gonna try to convince you in like a minute or less um that'll be my new challenge and then also Questions that need answers, which are shady things that I noticed in the background of different shows that I was watching. Things that I think need to have attention drawn to them. Thank you so much for voting. That's why you have to vote in the polls, guys, because it ends up on the show. And I am so excited to do this show with you guys, you mixologists, you lovely people. And stay tuned. It's happening right now. We're going to do Atlanta and New Jersey first, Vanderpump Rules with the Romamas of Bravo, and then... Dallas and in with some other segments that you guys voted for, which are FOMO and questions that need answers. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you guys so much for listening. And now we're going to move on into Housewives this week. We're going to talk Jersey and we're going to talk Dallas and we're going to try to talk Atlanta, but I don't really remember what happened. That's the problem with recording midweek and watching it on a Sunday. And even though Sundays are like the primetime night. Oh, I do remember what happened. Okay, so let's start with Atlanta since that's what I remember first. We are in Toronto. A lot of people have complained in my DMs that this is a filler episode. And it kind of was, but I feel more so that we could have done without the last episode instead of without this episode. I think we needed this episode. So... I actually believe that Tanya's, I believe they took everybody to Toronto just because nobody fights in Canada. And that's not my words. That's what Tanya says next week instead. She goes, nobody, we don't do this in Canada when they all basically start bucking with each other, which is like a term for fighting. If you don't know what that means. And I think that that happened, that 
We did not need to see Nene have a whole grand entrance that came at the end. This is not need to be three episodes, probably only two. But I do like this whole good cop, bad cop thing happening with Portia, um, Candy, and what's that girl's name? Oh, Kenya. And them questioning Yovana, who undoubtedly is the leak and is the snake. I do not like all these gates, like snake gate, panty gate, puppy gate. Gate, gate, gate. What is, um, I wonder what jerseys is going to be. Is it going to be ponytail gate, water gate, Danielle gate? What kind of gate is this going to be? But back to Atlanta, I just feel that with everything that's gone on between Nene and <laughs> these ladies, as much as I do enjoy Nene, I just don't foresee this having any positive effect. I do like the fact that she, you know, apologized to Eva. And I believe it her. Y'all can, you know, clown me for being naive or whatever. But I believed her. And I was proud that she did that. I like that Eva, you know, actually took her word for it. But we did not need to see them scaling a building or whatever or climbing around it or doing a skywalk or whatever that was. I, we didn't need to see that. But I do love seeing Nene be funny. She says something about how she doesn't do heights and she loves getting on the carousel. She gets her snacks. She gets on. She goes round and round and gets off. And I love listening to Nini talk. I think her and Portia are some of the funniest people on the planet. And many people agree. They were like, oh, you know, we like Nini when she's being cool and chill and not being, you know, well, an asshole. So that's understandable. But we, though I don't think we need her, she does not hurt the show. Whereas there are plenty of other seasons and franchises where people on there that we don't need hurt the show. We do not need a Leanne. She's hurting the show. We do not need a Danielle stop. She's hurting the show. Teresa is almost hurting the show, but we need her family. So, you know, all of it, especially her, you know, immigration issues. So, and her criminality. So those are the things that we need from that. But when it comes to Nini, she doesn't hurt and she does help. She does help the plot line go along. She's going to get into an epic fight with Kenya because there is no one else to fight with but Nini and Kenya. Those are people that you fight with on a regular basis. So, it makes sense that they're fighting each other, um, mainly because Kenya doesn't want anyone to let Nene back into their circle because she wants to take her spot. Then um, that's purely what it is. She needs a win. Kenya needs a win. She hasn't had one in a very long time, you know, besides her baby, which is definitely a win. But now it ties her to that man for the rest of her life that she's going to make work. And that's saddening. I think she's never truly going to sign the divorce papers and she still hasn't. And that's why she's taking it out on all of us and everybody on that show, on that show. Like even Cynthia, I still think it was shady that she outed Cynthia's engagement to her. I would be furious if I was, uh, what's his name? Mike. And I would, I would sue her. I mean, why not? You know, that's, that's a civil suit. We could, we could technically prove it. It would be a long shot. We'll probably lose, but we, we could prove it. Um, beyond that with Atlanta, I don't think it was a good idea to invite Dennis. And I really hate this notion and idea that Dennis gets to decide when he wants to be a good man to a woman that he impregnated and proposed to and told he was going to marry. He made commitments to this woman. And I think it's kind of stupid that he was just like texting, what's that boy's name? Paul, I don't know anyone's name today. They're not, it was too far ago. I need to start recording Atlanta when it happens because it was so long ago that after I finished all the other episodes of every other franchise, I don't know what happened or who anybody is. My apologies for that. But Paul, he texts Paul and is like, I want to get my lady back and flies to Canada. I don't like grand gestures like those. I mean, it's 
wheat, I guess, because I mean, they have a baby, so if they can make it work, they can make it work. But you know, maybe it's a good thing that I waited until today to record because we found out today Dennis was on a date in Atlanta or what seemably was a date. So allegedly he was on a date in Atlanta with four women at a diner, four, four women. And people were like, what if they were cousins? That's not the point. And even if they were cousins, he was with these ladies until 4 a.m. at a diner in Atlanta, allegedly. But also, according to multiple sources, with pictures and video. So, likely he was on a date with four women in Atlanta at a diner. While his wife is at home, or his fiance is at home with this baby till 4 a.m. I don't care who it is. You need to be home with your wife fiance, girlfriend, whatever, partner at 4 a.m. with your new baby. And I don't, that's why I don't believe him chasing after this girl just because she said she was going to what Drake and um LeBron James's party. That means nothing in the grand scheme of things. You let that girl go because you cheated on that woman while she was pregnant with your kids and then blamed her postpartum depression and postpartum recovery on why you didn't want to have sex with her. And that's just, it's so foul that it's laughable because it just doesn't make any sense. So my thing is, we didn't have much from Atlanta. A lot of it was filler episode and that's fine. I do think that we're in for a good treat. And I do think it's also stupid that Dennis is even there and that we're centering an entire cliffhanger around him. So with that, Dennis, still go fuck yourself and I'm over you. Um, yeah, and moving on to New Jersey, because this is also going to be quick. And I have I know I've kept my thoughts about Dallas to a minimum. Hopefully today I'm going to give you more, um, simply because they gave us a lot and they ended it the, the, the season. And I don't think we got a lot of resolve. And I also don't really believe this is coming back. I really don't. Um, I don't see how they can bring this back. So I, I don't know where they go from here. And I have a theory as to why I think that later. Um, so with that, let's move on to New Jersey. <sighs> we start with this hair pull and that what me and Raven from mainly Bravo's on Friendly Black Hottie classified as dog walking, as Cardi B would call it. Hey, Raven. We started with... Danielle <laughs> dog walking Marge and she literally goes I can't help myself as she walks over pulls that ponytail and trances out and I to this day will find that forever funny it's not right it is wrong Danielle is wrong Beverly's wrong everybody is wrong in this situation and I still could not stop laughing like it was the funniest thing to me and nothing about it is okay I'm a flawed human man I'm so sorry but it's funny it was funny to see her do it because Marge did not deserve that. And But if you see a ponytail, it's really hard not to pull it, even in a nice way. What I do have a problem with is Teresa not understanding where everyone is coming from for why she, you know, should not side with Danielle. It did not have to come to this. I think Margaret stooped down to Danielle's level. That's the thing. And though it was not right, she stooped down there because Danielle's not coming up to Marge's level. So... She had to get down and dirty with the dogs. And so that's what she did. That's what she did. I don't think that Teresa should have left with Danielle, but I understand that she needed to make sure all her guests were okay. But 
I hate that talk of who has my back and what and all that stuff. It's weird. And I, I said it last week. If you have to tell someone to have your back, they don't have it. And she told Marty, Teresa said, you know, Teresa totally had my back. And Teresa and, and Marty was like, oh, thank you. We're, I'm so happy you did. And Teresa's like, oh yeah, I had her back. You would have loved it. I'm like, what is this? Like, are y'all siblings or something? And your parents are like, you know, make sure you watch out for each other. This is so premature or immature. So I think that Teresa is not playing both sides because I don't think she's smart enough to play both sides. I don't think she would be able to keep up with both sides. I think that she genuinely was like, let me make sure everybody at my party was okay. But Danielle was her girl at that moment. So she went with her girl, which is fine, I guess, to an extent. And beyond that, I think that we could have wrapped up last episode with the initial dog walking. We did not really need to make it, you know, another episode, but I also would not have wanted a whole episode centered around Melissa's fashion show and her fake baby storyline because we all know she's not having a baby. I think Antonia is gorgeous. I think Joey Gorga is a really cute uncle. Like he's a cute fill-in dad, substitute dad, surrogate dad, almost dad, replacement dad, fill-in dad, not dad, dad. But to the Teresa's girls, and I like seeing him step up to the plate and be with Teresa because he's like, listen, she doesn't have anyone else right now. She's taking care of my dad. She's taking care of for her four daughters. And, you know, her and her four daughters need assistance. They need help. They need some, I mean, I would argue he would, he thinks he, they need a man's presence in the home. And maybe that's not right or wrong. I'm not there to tell you either way, whenever you believe short, but they do need, she needs extra help and they do need the presence of someone who can help with what their dad would have helped with and is, is close to them. So this, I like to see, I like to see them hanging out together. But Teresa talking to Joey about how, how she was going to assault Marge. And now that's not cute. And that was a little unnecessary. So Teresa, calm down. This is not your battle to win or to fight. All she did was say one slip comment about you in Jamaica that you had to set a reminder on your phone about to be mad at. That's, that doesn't mean that doesn't warrant you having this whole long vendetta for when you get back home because she attacked your friend. That's their battle to fight. And I don't, I've never, I've always thought that Danielle has never needed soldiers. I don't know why she thinks she does. Like she can fight clearly on her own. I just wonder, like, and I've heard that people say, I think on Watch What Crappens, like it's a missed opportunity if Danielle does not bring um, a head. Or uh, uh, friends of Real Housewives, they said that it's a missed opportunity if Marge does not bring a doll head, like a hair, um, like one of those wig heads, to showcase how much hair was pulled from her head. And why didn't she just start tearing it out that night, like Danielle did in season two? <laughs> Jacqueline Larita has made some statements um, about this that I don't need to get into because they're kind of pointless. Because you can really deduce for yourself what they say. Um, just basically can't even believe this hypocrisy. She sent my daughter to court, but here she goes pulling other people's hair and, um, go watch. So Cosmo, that is my sidebar. Go watch. So Cosmo because so Cosmo on E that should be somewhere, you know, YouTube, Amazon, something. It was only one season. It was about the staff of Cosmopolitan. They all were around like millennial age between 24 and 37, 38 at most. And Joanna, I think that was her name, was 
their editor-in-chief, and she was this maven of a woman, and she was amazing. And she's now the producer of The Bold Type, which is loosely based on the woman at Cosmo and her being their runner. And The Bold Type is on Freeform slash ABC Family. It's a great show about pretty much the same idea of women coming up in journalism and all that, and in fashion and all that. And one of the girls from the show pretty much leaves Cosmo, and we're like, what are you doing with your life? And she says she's like an Instagram model type now, which I think is kind of dumb leaving like a, an actual career for something that's going to expire. I mean, you could say journalism might expire, but the different experiences and stuff that she gets from being like a social media expert for journalism and at a major publication, that won't expire. And she can take that anywhere. And now she's in Melissa's fashion show. I put it on my stories. Uh, we'll probably put it on my highlights. Although I always say that, and it's so hard for me to remember what I said. I'm put on my highlights, but I'm going to write a note this time to put that on my highlights. Um, I think her name was Deanna, like not Di, Anna or Deandra, <laughs> but Deanna. Um, she was a girl on So Cosmo, and apparently somebody even said her boyfriend that she left the show for because she left to keep a man, to keep her man because she never wanted to work and have a man or something like that. She they are both on So Cosmo, and she left, and he was in the fashion show as well. Good for them, my good Judy Anthony Lario um, from the Tony's Tea Corner podcast. And Anthony Lario on Instagram, um, now singer turned, you know, podcaster turned singer, artist, extraordinaire. He told me he has met her a couple of times and she's really, really nice, but she, oops, sirens, someone's getting in trouble. Um, but she believes fully that she's famous from one season of a show that got basically axed because the Kardashian budget sucks the life out of E and also from the fact that that entire show pretty much got recast, it would have been recasted because they all left anyway, because thus is journalism. But if you think you're famous girl from being, you know, semi-friends with Melissa Gorga and being in her fashion show with 18 other people and we only focused on Frankie, you're mistaken. So that's, that's sweet. What I do find, this might be controversial, so hear me out. I feel that Teresa may not have been wrong about her argument for the water being thrown on Jennifer because Jennifer's reaction was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are you crazy? And Teresa goes, it's just water. It's just water. I mean, she's nuts for doing that. And I don't even think Teresa knows what um, point she was actually making. I think she just was making one, but didn't realize what point it was. But the one that she should have made would have been fine with it's just water because see how your reaction is right now. And this, that's why Danielle was upset because look, look at how you're acting. And I mean, she's not wrong, but she's just nuts. But I actually love Teresa and I actually like Jennifer. I like this cast. I don't know why they're not getting the ratings that they used to. I think the people who are holding on are just loyal, but that makes sense. And maybe people are just tired of all the fighting and the bullshit. I don't know, but they are not pulling it like they used to. And it is just water. I would like to end Jersey with Dolores being MVP number one. I love Dolores for telling Teresa, make sure you need to look at that prenup with a really strict eye and see whether or not you need to make sure he doesn't take from you since you're getting all the money. And Dolores also was like, 
your voice, Teresa's voice was hitting that note. And she was like, I gotta go because she knew Teresa was about to lose it. And she was like, I'm getting the fuck out. And I appreciate Dolores not calling her friend out in front of everyone and not starting a fight with her when she knew she was in that mood, but being like, "Mm -mm, protect yourself. I'm gonna go check on my son, Frankie. Goodbye. And telling Teresa to make sure she gets her prenup, but also telling her like, no, you're wrong. Danielle's not okay. Like you need to not do that. She's nuts. And she's a good friend. I think Dolores is a great friend, but if I hear who said this, if I hear old school Italian one more time, I am going to scream because they got to let that go. Like in Jersey, in Italian, or we Italians, or uh, how we were raised, and all that. We get it. We get it. Y'all are uh, mafia adjacent. We get that. I don't care. And it's kind of annoying to hear all the time, because I don't think that that's relevant to just Jersey. There are Italians a lot of places, but also there are other people on Jersey who also act fun and crazy that I would like to get to know as well. And let's not limit the craziness to just Italians. We all can be crazy together. Although some people might have the monopoly on others. I'm not naming names, but some people might. Sure. Out in there with New Jersey. And let's talk about Atlanta. Oh, wait, I already did that. Y'all, I had a really hard day. (laughs) If you cannot tell, I had a really hard day. And I am doing the best I can to pull through, but it has been a challenging health day, week, month, and I got some results and some things back that have really been on my brain, and I just wanted to pull through and watch everything. I watched all these shows at like 6 a.m. It took me many, many hours, and I finally just wanted to get it done for you guys, but I will be right back. And I will talk, you know what? No, here we're going to take a pause on Housewives. I will break here. I will get into my um, interview with the Real Moms of Bravo. And I will talk pump rules. And then I will talk about Dallas. And I will end with that so we don't soil the good food with the bullshit. We can keep that for the very end. So I will watch... um, some TV, come back, your refreshed memory. You will hear none of that because it'll just go straight into the Ramon Bravo interview. And then after we talk pump rules and play a couple games with that, I'll come back and we'll do Dallas and I will end on Dallas. Thank you so much for listening and hanging in there. I just got some really crazy and scary diagnoses and I'm going to be fine. It's just brand new to me. And I'm just trying to pull through and it's really messing with my memory and I did not think that it would, but it is. And we're going to just take a break, take a couple sips of some things and make sure that we are good to go. And after, um, stay tuned after the pump rules recap and conversation with Abby and Vanessa from the Romans of Bravo. And we will talk Dallas because boy, do I have some thoughts. Like I'm finally just going to go ahead and go beyond throw it away. And we need to talk about that. So Stay tuned. All right, guys, as promised, I have the fabulous Abby and Vanessa from the Real Moms of Bravo. They're not regular moms. They are cool moms, and they cover (laughs) all of your favorite Bravo shows and so many other things, too, in 30-ish minutes or less. You can tell I'm a fan. I listen every week, and you should, too. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm so excited. I mean, I think you have our intro down better than we do. (laughs) 
We are so happy to be on here. Moni, we love you. So this is going to be so oh much Oh my fun. gosh. I love you guys too. I'm so excited to do this. It, does, it doesn't feel right not having you guys on and we'll get into it, but you guys were at BravoCon. You saw the Vanderpump Rules premiere. Uh, so naturally we're going to have a recap of what I think is a bigger holiday than Christmas. Like I was looking more forward to Vanderpump Rules on Monday than the actual holidays. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's Vanderpump Rules is one of those things. And it's personally one of my favorite Bravo shows, probably my favorite Bravo show. Abby, I don't know if you think the same or not, but they always deliver. And that cast is so dynamic. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I feel like that's such a bold statement. I always say picking a favorite Bravo show or favorite housewife is like picking a favorite child. I just, I can't do it. (laughs) I love them all for different reasons and in different ways, but I truly love Vanderpump. I would say I kind of went away from it when Stassi and Kristen left the show. I just felt like it really wasn't as good. And since they've come back, it's, I don't know. It's just such a great show. I love, and we say this every time. I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I think the best part about Vanderpump is it started so organically because they truly worked there and truly were friends when the show started. Mm -hmm. Unlike Housewives, where it's obviously a little bit more of a forced friendship, uh, they cast people for different reasons. A lot of the original cast was simply put on the show because they were very good looking, beautiful people that worked at Lisa's restaurant. And I think that's why it's been so fun to watch them grow up over the years. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I love that they are kind of returning to those roots and we're getting some people who are new to us working at the restaurant, but still trying to like live that fabulous life, which is what we loved about these people beforehand. And not just that they were like new money, but they were really trying. They were vying for that spot and that attention. And I absolutely love that. And I love what you said about, you know, it's like picking your favorite child. I've heard plenty of moms say, like, I, I know I've said this on my show. I'm a teacher now. And I've heard plenty of moms say, that um, their child, their favorite one is whichever one they're talking to or dealing with at that moment that needs the most love. And I feel like that's exactly what happens with Bravo because I always say Vanderpump Rules is my favorite, but also House of Potomac is my favorite, which is no secret. So I don't know. I think Bravo is just really good at shows. And honestly, like to piggyback on everything you all are saying, I mean, the end of last season, I think we all had questions on how they were going to continue to be, quote, servers at Sir. Un- end quote. So I'm glad they really needed the fresh people. I'm glad they're acknowledging certain people work there. Am I convinced that Jax and Sheena still really work there? Not really, but whatever. Yeah. For storyline, for this transitional right. season, new people, I'm here for it. But I'm glad they're kind of breaking down the fact that they have become very successful from the show. If you read the Hollywood Reporter recently, you saw that they negotiated contracts in 2017, 18 to make $25,000 an episode. Good for them. So, well, I mean, we all knew yeah. they weren't buying these million dollar homes off of tip money, you know? So I think uh, it's, yeah, no. I think it's good that they're basically implying that majority of them don't work there. I think Sheena probably only shows up when she wants to flirt with the new wait staff, like the younger yeah. men there. I've, okay. So I've actually have a little bit of tea that I've never shared on this podcast before, but I had someone Ooh. tell me that they were at Sir one day when they were filming and there she was talking to one of the new bartenders. It turns out it was now Brett. We know that to be true. She had no idea. There were like these, and she said in the back, um, Scott, what is his name? Spot, Scott? Um, Max? No, the other one from last year that Sheena was obsessed with. Oh, I yeah, I don't yeah, remember. I forgot his I name. I just know his name yeah, was like Scott Graham or something like that. 
Um, Adam Scott, that's what it was. Adam, her best friend, not best friend. But he was in the back apparently like staring them down, watching them like this girl that I'm talking to and the waiter or the bartender, Brett, talk and she was like he's looking for you and like they're talking they're looking at you it's like oh yeah they're waiting for me to go film and she did not know they were filming next door like in like the little garden area and she was like getting all this tea from him and they had like a, a real beef over sheena wow oh wow. boy and new boy yeah i was like so like was she really there she goes yeah i've heard she works like one day a week and I'm like, I would, I would really? believe Sheena still goes in there. I think she also probably loves having fans. She definitely loves the attention. Loves attention. I think she likes flirting with the younger guys. And I mean, honestly, she's never really single, but she's never really committed. So what else is she going to do? Majority of her friends are married and coupled up. So <laughs> she's probably a little bored. Well, now she's coupled up with that hot... I want to say New Zealand, Australian yeah, man. Good so we saw him... Her. He is like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like the poor man's Jason Momoa. Like he is, he gives me Jason Momoa okay, vibes. That's, we like that. The poor man's Jason Momoa is still finer yeah. than most Yeah, and I only say that because Jason, <laughs> the original Jason Momoa is in a class of his own. Like I can't say oh, yeah. that he's he's got to be the poor man's Jason Momoa. But he was, I mean, we only saw him from a distance at BravoCon, but he was very hot. Wow. And I have to say, I, that's exactly what I want to get into. You ladies were at BravoCon and you did an entire episode about it. We did. I think it was one of my favorite episodes of 2019 because it was just so fun to relive it and talk about it. So yeah, I'm going to plug us at Real Moms of Bravo. You can search bonus episode. It's labeled BravoCon. It's really easy to find, but we dish and dive on everything. And on our Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo, you can see there's a highlight on our page that shares all of our experiences at BravoCon as well. And boy, did y'all have a lot of them. I was living vicariously through you guys and face reality. That's like all I, I was refreshing every literally 10 minutes. And I heard it was absolutely nuts. I listened to you guys' episodes. If you have not, everyone, you need to go do that just because there's so many things that we didn't get to see in here. And I was grateful that they uploaded so much of it to their podcast for Watch What Happens Live in the Daily Dish, which was helpful, but like, it's nothing like being there. Like y'all had run-ins with celebrities and stuff. Did you see anyone from Vanderpump Rules? We did. We saw a lot of them, but we had a, an awkward run-in that we talked about on the podcast with Bo. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life. And I was kind of drunk in St. Louis where I lived <laughs> and I met up with Ariana, um, through um, Get Low 89, uh, Logan. Logan on Instagram. And um, they were, uh, Tom and Ariana were doing a book signing because Tom is also from St. Louis. And I mentioned like I, that I kind of felt bad talking about it on the podcast because I got picked up by Reddit and people were commenting about how he's not great with fans. So I don't think we were the only ones that have had an experience like this. Yeah. He was, he was more <laughs> It was awkward. It was one of those, it was just a weird situation. We're at the Vanderpump Rules party. We escaped to the balcony because it was like massive amounts of people. So we're like, let's go to the balcony and maybe like thinking we might see someone and maybe say hello. Like, yes, we're all, I mean, when you're at an event like BravoCon, you're clearly there to interact with people from Bravo. Right. It's, it's an environment where it's, um, quote, normal for that. So in that situation, when we walked in the 
on the balcony and we saw Bo and he like looked at us like I don't even know like we had shit all over our faces I don't know like it was just very very strange and I'm sorry Bo like but I'm not gonna trip and run over seats to get a picture with you you're not Brad Pitt you're not Megan Markle like I'm not gonna <laughs> I think my favorite comment of Vanessa that night was like, who does he think he is? Paul Rudd? And I was like, yeah. Paul Rudd? Really? Oh that's, my God. That's who we're oh, I would do that for Paul Rudd. Yeah. I threw in Brad Pitt because I've recently converted to him. Yeah. Just, but anyhow, but yeah, no, he's not Paul Rudd. I'm like, get over yourself. Anyways, I'm right. drinking wine. I did y'all, see a so. lot of Vanderpump. Like Lala was awesome. We didn't actually get our picture with her, um, but we were like waving our show them or give them Lala beauty lipsticks. And she started like air kissing, made eye contact with us. I will say, and I think almost every person that we've talked to who went to BravoCon, whether they have a Bravo fan account or just went there because they just love Bravo. Ariana, I think is like overwhelmingly the most down to earth, genuinely nice person that you could have met at BravoCon. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear because she is top five for me on that show. And I realized how hard that is to actually be considering the cast is fucking huge. It is huge. huge. We're now doubling it. (laughs) It's funny because they're like, we're adding all these new people. But if you look at them, it's like, there's the new Jax. There's the new. That's exactly what I felt like I was going to ask you guys later because I was like, I see some similarities. So I don't know what this means for the future, but I'll be happy to do some speculations later on. And that leads me to my next question since you guys were at BravoCon and you guys got to see the premiere um, before anyone else did, what was like the vibe in that place? Could you even hear? Was everyone else like screaming? I would have cried. I don't know. I'm emotional. I'm a dramatic individual. <laughs> I'm very Siggy flicker, Flickerish, like <laughs> very soggy when it gets to come to these things. I get overwhelmed when things are exciting. Like I would not have been able to contain myself. So what was it like? Were there snacks? Like what happened? Abby, you go. Cause I joined so, you all. <laughs> well, a little, so after, a little bit. it was, um, it was definitely like there were certain uh, panels and sessions that were definitely like everybody wanted to be there. And this was one of them. There was pushing and shoving before they even opened up the line to let us get our seats. And it was a little overwhelming. I was saving a seat for Vanessa because she was getting her, she went to the Atlanta panel and she was getting her picture taken. We're like, it really, of any uh, for all the other ones, it was no big deal to save a seat. Uh, luckily we were fine, but I remember texting Vanessa being like, okay, if, if somebody gets mad at me, I'm going to have to give up your seat because there were people, it was just, everybody wanted to be there. Everyone wanted to be as close as possible and everybody wanted to see the premiere. They never said to us, you will see the full episode. They just said a sneak peek at the premiere episode. So they, they showed it to us and it would go to commercial break without actually having a commercial and then the next segment would start and we were sitting next to lucy from lucy on the ground and every time it went to the next one she's like oh my god we're getting more we're getting more like we didn't realize we were getting the entire full episode oh my god and it was the only time during BravoCon that it was quiet for that long i mean there was people yeah people were laughing and responding but it was dead silent. Like everyone was like, don't Andrew, fuck Andrew, yeah. premiere. It was fun to watch and everyone have reactions to certain things, like laughing at certain moments. 
like when Stasi commented on all their homes, everyone's laughing. When uh, the new guy uh, made that comment about Sheena not being a good kiss- oh, kisser, yeah. everyone like gasped. So like, that part was really, really fun. And rewatching it was, I was trying to like remember if they made any changes or anything. It helped me kind of relive it. But I, even the moment with Katie, when uh, they're at the party, and I know we'll probably go into this deeper in a little bit, but the Katie, when she makes that face and she's overhearing the new guy's conversation, like everyone laughed, like it, it was fun watching it. And on the sidelines, so the main cast was behind the stage, but on the sides, Randall, uh, Sheena's boyfriend, Raquel, uh-huh. and uh, who else am I missing? Bo was there too. Bo was oh, there, wow. yeah. They were there like in the audience too. The supporting cast. What I we looked right up and you could see them so that part was kind of cool like Bo waved to the audience which was kind of cute but they had um, to feel like rock stars like I don't think in any day of their lives did they probably feel more like Justin Bieber than they did that oh, day for sure in terms of the pandemonium people screaming when they came out when Lisa came out none of us were expecting her to be there I, I would have lost my shit that would have been it I would have been done she definitely, I think, out of anyone at BravoCon got the lo- longest and largest and loudest applause because no one was expecting her to be there because yeah. all of her Beverly Hills former castmates were there too. So especially when she walked out for Watch What Happens Live, the place erupted. And there were rumors saying that Kyle didn't get an applause. That's not true. Like Kyle got an applause. Lisa's was definitely louder because it was such a shock and a surprise to see her there. Right. Nobody really knew that she was coming to Bravo. I would not so. have thought she was coming. She quit her job like <laughs> a couple months before. And yeah. but we always forget she has this other job. Like we don't forget because it's in the, it's the namesake, but it's like, we know that Bravo is never going to truly like reprimand her like any other Bravo love because Vanderpump Rules is a gift. Like they, they love it. Bravo loves it. We love it. It is probably one of the only shows that I think you can rewatch over and over and over again, whenever it's on, just to prepare for the next episode. Like there are other housewife shows that the older seasons are fantastic and you can rewatch those anytime. But like I was rewatching the reunion from last season. I didn't think I could get through it again. And I was loving it. Last time I hated it. And this time I was like, Oh my God, this was really good. How are they going to reconcile this? Like, how are they going to fix this? Like, I don't know how we're going to get to James being friends with everyone again and everyone actually liking Raquel because Brittany actually made a really nice statement about her last night on Watch What Happens Live. But that's actually something that I think the lead in is going to be Lala, it looks like, because this episode had Lala saying that because of her sobriety, what she feels she has to do is like make amends with James. Is is that, am I remembering, remembering that correctly? Yeah. And yeah, this. Yeah, they seem kind of friendly at BravoCon. They didn't sit next to one another, but there didn't seem to be any beef between the two of them. No, and they have sense. We've seen like off camera, they've recorded music. Lala and her Instagram stories as of this morning, I'm not sure if it's still there now, but they were in the studio again together. James commented at BravoCon that I believe he was what, like four months sober, I think. Whoa. So that information came out. Um, but uh, Lisa said in terms of transformations of this season, I think James has the biggest one and biggest like kind of full circle changing and taking things seriously moment. So I was I was excited to see and the guy is a good DJ. I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm an easy sell on some EDM. What, 
Yeah, why Kanye, he can get down. That was all Which correct. always makes me laugh that that's like his overall music name because Kanye's not a DJ, so. No, I know, I know. But I feel like they have that energy. Yeah, so I mean, similar party hopping. That's that's what's mat. That's what matters. So you go, James. I'm happy for you. Well, let's backtrack a little bit. So I'm not typically a recapper, but you guys are the best that's ever done it. I feel like, and this is an episode where recapping is necessary. I was surprised at how much I remembered because it was just that good. I shut my whole house down. The kitchen was closed. No one could talk to me. Phone was off. I was like, this is my moment. I was clapping with the theme song. I'm literally a child, but we are. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, We begin in TomTom with a new cast. And I was surprised that we started with the new instead of the old and what we remember, that's a very bold choice, but good for them. We started with Dana and what I believe to be the new Jax. You guys, do you think Max has Jax vibes? I mean, he looks just like him. I think, <laughs> I I mean, they're, I think they definitely casted him to be a younger Jax. And I think that's going to piss Jax off. And that's another reason why oh, sure. they casted him. Cause like I love that Greg Bennett, Greggy Bennett. Uh, if you guys do not follow him, he is Bravo Gold on Twitter and Instagram. He tweeted, "Happy Vanderpump Rules like premiere day." Jax is older than Teddy Mellencamp. Like he just wants everyone. Oh my gosh! And I just posted that because someone texted that to me. Um, and it, I posted something like the fact that Jax is the same age as um Melissa, the same year and older than Teddy is crazy to me because he seems like he has his life the least together even though they really want us to believe he has his life together because his opening shot was him mowing the lawn and it was an already mowed lawn the lawn was already mowed and he was still mowing it and I was like are we supposed to believe he is like Mr. Fix-It like good husband like he really hit a switch at least that's what he's trying to portray on Instagram a lot of like good husband like my wife sent me this honeydew list and he has a fake Kentucky accent now sometimes and I'm just like (laughs) Marriage has really rocked your world or you would like us to believe, sir, because I am shocked. But I think Max could be the next Jax. He is currently um, the manager at TomTom and Dana also works at TomTom. And apparently they have hooked up everyone. And what we've also learned is that Sheena and him are going to Palm Springs. But we know Sheena likes to, you know, gas the situation up. Some of the things that happen, you know, happen way bigger in her mind than in real life. But I instantly ended up liking Dana because she said something to the effect of he's going commando right now because his underwear are on the floor of my house. And I was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) I feel like Dana set the tone. Like I felt like immediately watching the episode at BravoCon and even rewatching it last night, I was like, oh, damn. Like there is a newbie who can hold her own is not afraid to pipe down, will speak up. Like she, I mean, I was kind of surprised to your point, Mani, that they didn't recap anything from the past. I mean, they did, but to start out with the newbies, that they went in like hard and fast. Uh, (laughs) That's what she said. Um, (laughs) With with her relationship with Max, like I didn't think we're going to get that information, but they went there and it was, I was all for it. No, totally. Go ahead. also appears to be the only one friends with the old cast, like truly friends. Because if you look back, she was hanging out with Lala and oh, yeah. Ariana. With. 
Yeah, she's hung out with Brittany a lot. Like, I think Dana is probably the new female um, staff and cast members is going to be the strongest because she seems to be the only one hanging out with the original crew as well. Yeah, she's in and out. Yeah, and Lala accidentally, I don't know where I read this, but Lala leaked Dana as being a newbie when she posted her post. So that's what Logan told me that. So uh, Dana actually had a sales job selling medical devices and got fired from her job because of that post, uh, because they found out she was going to be on the reality show and it wasn't supposed to be announced yet. And Lala removed the picture and got in trouble for it. Yikes, it's still in my highlights as well. (laughs) But bold move, Lala. I mean, but she kind of beats to the, marches to the beat of her own drum anyway. And that's why we love her. Um, Let's see. So we also have, it was an interesting choice to me that they started Watch What Happens Live off with Jackson Brittany. I feel like they had a lot of people to choose from. I would have personally gone with Stassi and Bo. Did you ladies catch Watch What Happens Live last night? I know it's like super late, but like not as late, but there was also clips everywhere today. Yeah, so I didn't watch it live. I watched it clipped. I usually, and I, as much as I love Bravo, there's only so much of me that I can give to every single show. <laughs> so I'll rewatch Bravo shows if something crazy and insane happens on Watch What Happens Live. But I saw the clip today in the shade that Jax, and I don't even know it was necessarily shade because he just straight up said it. The, the things he was saying about his castmates. He, I feel like Jax wants to be like Chrissy Teigen in terms of the word vomit that she has, but it's still likable and endearing. But for him, he's still just like kind of a dick. Yeah. And he's doing about it about his castmates and p- supposed friends. Chrissy's doing it about his castmates and supposed friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. No, but I thought the comment he made about Ariana and Tom and their relationship, and I don't even remember. Yeah, verbatim what he said, but yeah. It kind of reminded me of honestly, like not nearly as homophobic or bad, but sort of like what Vicky was saying, because he was like, oh, well, they can't have kids because she likes women. And it made him sound really small minded, like in today's day and age, you can like women and men. And, you know, Vicky said it was disgusting that Bronwyn enjoyed the company of women because she's married to a man. Yeah, she she said pick a lane. And I had a problem with that as well. And newsflash Jacks, lesbians, if she is or she identified as one, they're still women. So if she wanted to have a baby, she could. That's <laughs> not how that works. Right. But it's also because she's a woman, she can have a baby if she wants to, or if she doesn't want to, she doesn't have to. That's how I it loved, works. I loved her clap back though. Where she oh, said it was it's so classy. Bisexual. Yeah. You ever heard of it? Like it's a thing. It's a whole letter in the LGBTQ community, which you go to pride for every week. So what do you go for if you don't support it, Jax? Like just to get drunk and wear your, like wear your chest out. I don't, I don't know. He just, I mean, Jack's so too, like you have to see like the dog and pony show that he is of his, of himself, but he's trying to remain relevant. He's trying to make that money. He's trying to continue to be on this show because I feel like that clock is going to be ticking. Yeah. And I think that if, and I've talked about it on my show. I mean, he, it's Billy Lee from last season, you know, call her what you want. And I do call her a tyrant a little bit, but she alluded and alleged that he like ran her off with pretty similar comments, but even a little bit more severe, basically just saying that he's not capable of holding his tongue around someone like Billy Lee. And he shouldn't have to be sensitive around someone just because of their, you know, identity or whatever. And I was like, it's called having respect for your um, co-workers, but it's fine. Um, moving on. So we don't get into like an HR conversation. Um, <laughs> I 
remember this episode to be, I feel like it had three distinct or four distinct stages, right? It had intros of people that we did not know and not everyone that we didn't know. We have not met Danica yet and uh, someone else that I can't remember. But then we move into um, like some filler scenes with like Lala talking about her sobriety with Lisa and all that stuff. And, you know, Stassi and Bo and them shading each other's houses, which I did not know each of their houses were so similar until she made that point. Oh my God, it's the same house. Yeah, they brought that up. I don't know if it was on a reunion or on another Watch What Happens Live, but I mean, their houses are all identical. It's kind of crazy. It's and they're all creepy. right by each other. Yeah, and Ariana was like, you know, we started that trend where the trendsetters, and now they kind of, you know, you know who the followers and the leaders are. And I thought that was really, I love her, her sass. But then we move on over to this discussion of like the weddings and Jax and Brittany. This is probably going to plague the entire season for the most part. And the drama surrounding it is apparently Tom has already been demoted in Jax's mind. But this drama, I don't know how to believe it because Jax made it seem like Tom made no time for him, which I can kind of understand and believe. But then Tom showed him like, look, dude, I did text you. Like this happened. So what is the reason for Jax demoting Tom? And why is Tom not his best man? Because leaving it to Schwartz seems like a stretch. And even Schwartz was nervous. He's like, I don't know if I can do this on my own. (laughs) I mean, watching it to me, I'm like, Jax is a total ass. If he thinks he's going to get by this entire season to get people on, quote, team. I don't know why I keep doing quote. And I'm doing air quotes right now as I'm talking. But but to be team Jax, I'm not. I mean, he's a dick. Like, we found out why he got demoted. That was in the rumor mills. We heard about it. But we didn't know why. But it was dumb. Like, he had no... There was no reason for it. I think kind of going back to what you said, Monty, like I think Jax wants everyone to view him as now he's this changed man. He's the model husband. He's going to be this amazing dad. He's family focused. He's going to Kentucky with his fiance now wife. I think he's just trying so hard to make everyone forget who he used to be. And part of that is I think some of his worst moments um, were really when he was close with Sandoval. And the second he feels like Sandoval isn't being a good friend and giving him all the attention that he wants, that's when he gets mad at him. So I don't even know if it was necessarily like worth demoting him at all. I mean, if he truly felt that he wasn't checking in and doing stuff, it could have been a conversation before it got to the point of demotion. But I think Jax just needs attention so bad. And if it doesn't, if he feels like it's not fitting in with his storyline of being this changed amazing person then he wants nothing to do with it i mean you saw what he posted he posted something about the new cast saying that they're thirsty and desperate and he's not like here for it he won't stand for it i mean that was the epitome of jacks he's vickying us yeah he's hitting us with a vicky vicky's going on this you know reunion talking about some she wants everyone to be so classy and she doesn't want it to be trashy and andy's like you pissed on beds and showed your tits like left and right. What are you talking about? She goes, no, people need to, you know, emulate us. They need to want to look up to us. And he was like, what are you talking about? They don't look to OC to look up to you. Like, that's not what's happening. And she goes, kids are watching us. I'm like, well, we're not marketed to kids, Vicky. It's on a, we have a montage of you acting this way. And it's just like what I said about last season with Jackson, how I was so upset that he came down so hard on James, because even though James was acting out, it was, 
was super hypocritical. And that's the reason why Tom was making this point. It's like, Jax is acting like he's been this changed man forever. The man is 40. He has been acting this way on TV at an age older than when we met James. James was younger than when we met Jax. And Jax has been acting like this for almost 10 years. So like, boy, we know what's happening here. Do not try to gaslight us and tell us that you were just changed man because you now own a lawnmower and a house and you're engaged. Woo! I mean, but. I have no follow-up to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really heavy over here. I mean, we are in the church of Monty right now. I'm just yeah, like, yes. read real heavy over here. The drinks are strong and the reads are long. No, so. <laughs> it was, that was good. I mean, I agree with the both of you on everything you said about Jax. Like, and so the only other thing that seems like really important that leads to some other dynamics and basically the entire climax of the whole episode, other than Sheena's boy problems, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, Kristen and Carter. Stassi makes it seem like the, the dynamic shift has already taken place before they've even, you know, I guess formally broken up that we all know has happened in real life and in real time. But we kind of know that if Stassi's not having it, that means that probably the rest of the ladies aren't really having it either, um, simply because she kind of leads that pack. But she's talking to Bo about how they're not necessarily getting along because Kristen is still living with Carter. She said has said to us that she broke up with them and she has to, you know, allege that at the reunion she made, you know, that remark, but can't break that fourth wall. So she's saying that they broke up, but they're still living together and sleep in the same bed and occasionally have sex <laughs> and she pays all his bills. So what is the breakup? Is it, can you break up with someone just by saying it or are there some things that need to take place? I mean, that whole situation, their friendship. I mean, we have to remember Stassi and Patrick, their relationship was shitty. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we've all have had friends who have dated terrible people and you kind of stick by them, their side. And I get, being exhausted and tired of it because the writing's on the wall when you're not in it, it's very clear to see. But I kind of, and maybe they have had scenes and conversations and it wasn't necessarily filmed, but I was, I would have thought Stassi would have been a little more empathetic to Kristen given her relationship with Patrick. I would like to agree, but I forgot that this show is really big on being holier than thou and, and very sanctimonious. That's kind of their jam. I mean, simply again, the way that they harped on James and Raquel last season at the reunion, regardless of their actions, they were so hard on them because they feel, I think they feel like whenever they figure it out, you need to figure it out. But that's not how people work. So she made a very interesting shady comment when she walked into Kristen's home and she was like, Kristen does a very good job of making her outside look like whatever she wants you to think is happening on the inside. And I was like, ouch. But it was kind of true. I mean, you look back yeah. and like when Kristen's like happy and has it together, she has it together. And when something's a mess, she's a sloppy mess and doesn't really care what she looks like. And I mean, those were actually one of the comments I think people laughed at when we watched the show at BravoCon because you think back and it's like, that's a pretty accurate statement. I also oh, think yeah. we're just, we're really watching, you know, the beginning of the fallout of the friendship between Stasi and Kristen, because even when she went to talk to her and apologize, it felt a little cold and it felt like Kristen really wanted them to be friends. And Stasi was kind of like, I'm annoyed with your shit. If you stop being annoying, we'll be friends again. 
yeah, and she's good at making those type of ultimatums. I mean, it was shady, but true. Um, we see this kind of takes us into the rest and what ends up being the cliffhanger of the entire first episode is it's surrounded by Kristen and this relationship with Carter, who still has a mic on. So he, we know he's not gone anytime really soon because he came in mic'd up. So what happens is we then go into Katie and Tom's housewarming party, which... I love that they're really, we're all playing marriage really well in this relationship. And we know that they're going to have like a, a second wedding or a rewriting or a real licensed marriage or something like that this same season. So that's very <laughs> interesting to think about because they're definitely having a housewarming. And he's like, well, you know, things have only gotten better since we've been married, Bubba. And she's like, you're right, Bubba, 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 Bubba. And then a bunch more Bubba's and we get a party. <laughs> and I was intrigued at how this so quickly went from everyone's drinking and have a good time to big fight um so early in the episode but in true Vanderpump Rules fashion things you know get they get drunk quick and they go crazy quick and Lala confronts Carter is this a friend's place to confront a supposed ex-boyfriend and say like get your shit and get out of my friend's home I don't think what she said was actually bad I kind of agreed with it I think she was sticking up for her friend she was kind of saying look she's not kicking you out she's really not even trying to end the relationship even though she wants it to be over because it's not healthy if you in the slightest bit care for her you will walk away and get out of this and I think it was Lala's way of being like you need to be the one that walks away from this because she just isn't emotionally strong enough to do it and I I get why it kind of pissed Kristen off but she was telling everyone how know she pays for stuff still with carter and you know he hasn't moved out yet and she really kind of danced around the topic of like is he going to be living in this new home with her so i think lala was trying to help out a friend that wasn't in a in a place in her life where she was strong enough to make the decision that she knows she needs to make and i could see why she would be and when they did have their argument why lala would be pissed because she's getting lied to clearly and i think I mean, most time, most of the time in these types of situations, and I have had friendships who have had horrible boyfriends, and you get one side of the story. You never really hear the boyfriend side. So I think her hearing that and being willing to be willing to listen and not quickly judge, I thought it probably hurt a lot when she heard all the things that Carter was saying that Kristen forgot to share. <laughs> Yeah, forgot, definitely forgot to share. I mean, Kristen is one of those people who kind of only includes what she believes to be true um, or what her truth is. So she won't include what she could have done wrong, but she because she kind of thrives off the pity of her friends, I think it's one of those things that makes her feel like she's loved by her friends. If they pity her and they show up to her side when she you know, cries wolf, which is what Katie said she was doing, then she's like, okay, they really care about me. They love me. So she kind of has to create a problem and create a crisis for them to come and be at her aid. The problem is that gets old very, very quickly, especially at Kristen's age. And when she's done it more than once with more than one boyfriend. So she's a serial monogamous, but she is not good at breaking up and cutting ties. I mean, we watched her do the same thing with Tom where she was like crying. I forget what city they were in where he's like outdoors crying. She's outdoors crying. And it was right when he started dating Ariana. And she was like, this is what I wanted. I got him right where I wanted. He still cares about me. I have to break them up. And I was like, where did you get that information? I saw the same thing and that's not what I heard. 
That was one of the best scenes on Vanderpump Rules, by the way. <laughs> I, I remember that very, very well. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think everything, I agree with everything that you're saying. Yeah, I think Lala did a good thing, but I think she realized that she overstepped because she didn't have all the information. And, you know, it sucks to feel like you're being, I don't know if lie to is the right word. I think, you know, just being misled, maybe lying by omission. Like Kristen's just not giving the whole story. And she was like, dude, I was trying to have your back. And Kristen was like, I'm uncomfortable. And she basically has a panic attack and starts yelling at Lala. And what I found really funny in, in true Katie fashion was that she's telling Kristen, no one is attacking you. No one is in your face. And then 10 seconds later, she is yelling at Kristen and in her face. And I was like, oh, Katie, like you're, you're going to like void out your own argument with this. But also you're not you're not wrong because Kristen, I mean, Katie was like, you know, Lala approached you rationally and Stassi came to your aid. But I'm over the shit. Like the whole thing is just ridiculous. And I'm over this. I think Kristen's kind of like a toddler at times. It's like, you've got to figure out what works when it comes to like disciplining in a way, or just having like a tough conversation. And sometimes it's being very like stern in your voice. Sometimes it's being just like explaining things, giving that person, you know, a chance to talk. I think what really set Kristen off though, was she was worried that all of her, not her lies, but kind of the the twisted tale that she's been telling her friends was going to be exposed. And that was her big, I think that was her bigger concern. And that's why she freaked out. I think Katie was the only way to get it through to Kristen that no one was attacking her was to actually then start attacking her. Because then <laughs> Kristen was like, okay. You. Yeah. I think she was kind of like, if you're going to feel attacked, I will show you what it's like to be attacked. So you know that the way Lala was talking to you she wasn't yelling. She wasn't, I mean, I felt like Lala's approach. I really, Way she talked, yeah, when she talked to Kristen, it was like, I think Kristen just freaked out. Oh, for sure. She definitely just lost it because she was coming under fire and, you know, her truths were no longer being, you know, seen as truths. And that has got to be frustrating. I, I feel like, I don't know if this, especially Carter, if this is enough to, end all her friendships because he even said like I did the last photo shoot for her her campaign and I remember reporting quote unquote reporting um reporting that they he did their James May shoot like he's tagged in all the pictures for doing their promotion for their company and I was like well they're working closely together and of course she in true Kristen fashion she did not actually like write a breakup post about him moving out at least until like two months after they had started filming. And then she was finally like, you know, he's out of my home. This was a really big decision. And I was like, didn't you tell us last year that he was out of your home, girl? But it's- mm -hmm. <laughs> And now okay. she's got a book. And now she's yeah. got a book, so. Right, and I just wanna know who, where is she getting this advice? Because what is the title? Whatever it is, it doesn't apply to Kristen. Like she knows how to make a guy crazy, but she's, she's crazy. Like this is not, who wants to take dating advice from Kristen? I'm actually curious to read it just because I think she, um, I think it's a fitting topic for her. It's about how like, you know, you can go crazy in a relationship, which we've all seen Kristen do. Um, but she's gotten pretty good people to help her write the book too. Oh yeah. Isn't it like, um, how to lose a guy in 10 days? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah was, which her. is like a major book. Yes. She's and not, I saw her do an interview on E Daily Pop. She was plugging it before the Vanderpump premiere. And she said like the biggest thing about this book is that she kind of learned how to love herself and 
all that good stuff. And there's kind of like, she talks about not just relationships with guys. I mean, clearly she's been in relationships before we've seen her on television. So, so she shares that history and then also kind of relationships in her own personal life. So um, I'm sure we'll hear about friendships and things and all that stuff. I think that ultimately the book is about learning to love yourself. And I would certainly hope so, because again, guys, the title is he's making you crazy how to get the guy, get even and get over it. And a lot of you were in my DMs when I expressed my excitement to read it. Everybody came after me and was like, girl, she has not gotten the guy. She has not gotten even, nor she has, he got, has she gotten over it. And I was like, well, that's what makes it more fun to read. Because <laughs> like, where are you getting this information? I do think Kristen, she makes such incredible TV, like some of the wildest, craziest moments she's Best been on in Vanderpump Rules. But I will say, as a friend, it sounds like outside of the Stassi, even before the Stassi and Katie drama, it seemed to be like everyone really, really liked Kristen as a friend. She seemed to be like a ride or die friend. Yeah, I realized she was the one who brought Katie to Palm Springs or whatever to be like to meet Stassi and so that Stassi could apologize. Like her and Sheena orchestrated that. Kristen's been on the inside both times, even and she's always come out unscathed. And I think Brittany made a good point because she did say something on Watch It Happens Live. Like Tom Sandoval and Kristen have gone through so much more with Jax and these ladies than right now, than, you know, Tom not having enough time for Jax and Kristen, you know, choosing to stay with her man, even though she's broken up with him, like, however many times and everybody being annoyed with that. She slept with Stassi's boyfriend and (laughs) that somehow they got over. And Jax slept with Tom's girlfriend and that somehow they got over. But this is what breaks you? (laughs) Doesn't add up to me, but- It doesn't add up to me either. Because that's so how we watch, though. I mean, that's, that's what, what we makes watch. it great. They're not, yeah, they're not rational. Like it's, it's not necessarily how you, you know. Sometimes it is how you would interact with your friends, but majority of the time it's not. And I think that's why we love it so much. Because it's like, wait a minute. Or when Jax acts like, you know, I'm a focused family man now. I'm like, two seasons ago, you cheated on Brittany. Like you're not perfect, right? And recorded yourself, or had yourself recorded because you got caught slipping, saying some really fucked up things about your now fiance and wife, like bad things, really, really bad things. So, okay, sir. But like, what is it that um, two judgy girls said um, about uh, their coming, um, the show coming back? She was, they said canceling plans is okay. Being a bartender is okay. Watching Drive is okay. Sleeping with your best friend's girlfriend, who is your girlfriend's best friend, is okay. Tattooing ex-girlfriend's best friend's name on your arm is okay. Uh, getting in four nose jobs is okay. Proposing to, proposing to your girlfriend after boning Faith is okay. Do what you need to do to cope. And I was like, okay. We are really trolling the fact that we watch. This is like epitome of like really fucked up television to me, but... I cannot look away. Somehow it still feels higher class than most other trash television. <laughs> it, it does because we we feel like we've been in on it since day one. And it, right. feels, like, it, I mean, it feels like you kind of know these people after watching them on TV for so long. Yes. And they feel very Gatsby to me, like new money, acting like they have class now, not just because they have the money, but like because they've kind of grown up on the show. And they're the epitome of those people who are like going through college, having the time of their life really turned up. And the day they graduate, like I must be serious and put on a tie and go into the work world. And like, um, no one switches that fast, but okay. Uh, so I do have some wild card questions for 
you guys who and yeah and i purposely did not include this in the outline so that it could be you know just whatever comes to the head first who do you think you will be the most shocked by this season I would say James, but because we've heard so much about him changing and being different, I feel like now I'm expecting it. I, oh, that's a tough question. I that's don't know. Really, I, that's a really, really tough question. I, I might say Raquel. I think, I think Raquel gets a lot of heat for being like the dumb puppy party girl. And I feel like, I'm hoping and in knowing, you know, they kind of shared the ultimatum she had with James in the trailer that she kind of proves that she's more than just like a pretty girl pageant queen who throws puppy parties. Oh, I like that comment. Yeah. I, I think I might be the most surprised by Katie. I'm hoping that okay. maybe a calmed tequila Katie is what we see now, especially as she we hear that they're, you know, I feel like both Brittany and Katie are at a point in their life where they're ready to start a family. Um, so I would like to see maybe her grow up, uh, a little less anger issues. So I'm hoping Katie's the one who surprises me the most. I would hope so too. I need a surprise from Katie. That's for sure. I think who's going to surprise me the most will be Lala because I've never seen a fully sober Lala and I've always bordered liking her. And I think I'm going to because this first episode I was impressed I thought she was level-headed but still had a good edge to her and it makes me think that there might be something to the housewives of Salt Lake City because you guys said on your podcast that people were like hey we may you know not drink as as much over here as a a community but that means we remember a lot of shit so (laughs) that is what I think is happening with Lala she is like clear-headed I can see clearly now the rain is gone I know what's happening no one's fooling me and I like when people are like that because favorite season of Atlanta ever is when Portia was pregnant because at the reunion she co-hosted with Andy she knew everything (laughs) she was like no you said in that episode exactly what he just said what would you mean by that and they were like well Andy's asking the questions and he goes no I want to know too what you mean by that like (laughs) Portia was clear-minded and I think Lala is going to give us that who do you think will be the unexpected villain beyond Jack's beyond i don't know stats is really considered a villain but like who do you think might be the villain or beyond james i guess the new guy max yeah i can see that he's playing think, two members already against each other i think it's going to be dana ooh i think ooh. she's going to i think she's going to purposely go for it i think she's really smart i think she's strategic um i think she's going to realize that there's a chance for uh, the dark side of Stasi, like everyone's going to kind of miss the dark Stasi, but we're excited that that the dark Stasi is gone. But we need that on the show. So I think she's going to step in and play the villain. I think she's going to stir up some shit, and I think she's going to be one of those characters that some people either love her or they love to hate her. Oh, I like it. I think that's something too because some people said she came on strong, and I was like, I love her. But she opened her mouth, and I was like, I'm a fan. That's the one. <laughs> so. I think that you're exactly right. And final thing is a little short, like little game where I'm going to say, since they're all bartenders and servers, allegedly, not anymore. Um, I'm going to say a popular cocktail and you ladies 
think of the first person that comes to mind, either by personality or by looks or whatever comes to the mind first from the Vanderpump Rules cast that you think embodies this cocktail. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay. So first one, which is my personal favorite, vodka soda. Ariana. Well, I was going to say myself. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I'm not on being a, that's like my go-to drink. Um, Mine too. When I want to calm it down, that's what I go for. I could also see uh, Stassi doing, because that's kind of like a basic bitch drink. I could see Stassi being a vodka club. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Next one, rum and coke. Brittany. Peter. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can the see pirate. both. That's crazy. I can the see pirate. both. Yeah, the Peter the pirate who yeah. has switched from his signature pirate ponytail to a blow out fresh press, like the hair cuttery $65 special. Like it is nice and flat ironed with this good ceramic chi or something like that. Like he <laughs> has a nice fresh blowout. I mean, it looks better than what mine does when I use my chi, but. <laughs> Good for him. All right. So that's cool. So rum and coke, Peter or Brittany. I can see that. This might be a giveaway, but old fashioned. Oh, now I'm stumped because he said it would be a dead giveaway. Old fashioned. Uh, I guess Jax because he's old fashioned. Yeah, that's like a classy, classic. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to go Sandoval. Oh, I can see Sandoval doing it old fashioned, but I also could see him doing like some really fruity spritzy thing because his cocktail menu that he came up with was like next level. We're talking kombucha and absinthe and green tea. And I was like, okay, okay, sure. I actually Um, pitched a second book idea to Ariana and she was like interested in it. So I feel like I'm going to help her co-write the next book. Can you tell us what it is? Uh, I said that because we talked about like classic foods in certain cities, I made her gooey butter cake and she said they tried to make a gooey butter cake cocktail and they just couldn't embody the richness. So I don't want to give away what I suggested, but it would be centering around classic foods, um, but not necessarily recreating the cocktail. I love that. And they could really think about doing like a pairing also like cocktails with foods because you get more pairings. Okay. I said it should be a way to pair like great food and it could be some Vanderpump food. It could be your hometown favorite foods and how you would pair that. So I said, you know, like for us in St. Louis, it's gooey butter cake is actually, even though it's a very rich uh, dessert, it would sound like a lot of people serve it as like a coffee cake in the morning. So maybe like a espresso martini or some sort of like coffee cocktail. Uh, And then we started talking about other ideas. So stay tuned. I absolutely love that. That is so amazing. I think that there should be more cocktail pairings with food considering wine is great, but you need real food to go with real cocktails. So if you want to get through the night. (laughs) And final drink, oh, second to final is a margarita. Uh, Brittany. I was going to say tequila, Katie. Oh, okay. That makes sense. (laughs) She does seem very margarita-y. I was going to say Sheena. She kept going to Miami. She loves a margarita. She looks like a margarita to me. Like, I can just see like Brittany at like a Mexican restaurant in Kentucky and getting like those big a like, bowl, like a, sure. or a I bowl. can also see her buying like a handle of like Jose Cuervo pre-made margarita and like it's like the just add tequila kind and like that's what she's serving her guest. I love that. And finally, a champagne, classic champagne, other than Heather Dubrow. I'd say Vanderpump. Ooh, 
Okay, the, yeah, the Vanderpump would be Rosé. The Rosé, yeah, <laughs> or Earl Grey tea. Um, yeah, or tea. I'm gonna say Stasi. You know, I definitely see Stassi as being yeah. a champagne, like a, I think a she glass. She calls it champs. I don't think she calls it champagne. I think she. Oh, calls of it course. Champs. I don't know if she I've, watches Beverly Hills too. I'm still sticking with the pump. I think the Vanderpump does embody a champagne, and that's exactly what I wanted it to go off of. As she definitely embodies that. Even if she drinks rosé, she reminds me of champagne, and that's what we love about her. And it's new fun thing that I'm doing with all my guests is suggesting a cocktail that either you haven't heard about or that you might want to try or something to the effect. And that's why champagne was my last one, because have you ladies ever heard of a French 75? Oh, I love French 75. <gasps> it's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, I, great cocktail. I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so I like to now suggest them because in this mixer, we are all mixologists and I like to tell people things that they can, you know, suggest to their bartender the next time they go out and the bartender will be impressed. And usually that leads to a free drink. It's always my treat. It's always my trick and it always works for me. So a French 75 is gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, champagne, and a lemon twist, like an actual taking of the um, the lemon skin and like peeled off and twisted around and put in the cup. It is so good. If you're not a gin fan, you can also do it with vodka. It's super easy to make at home too. It's two ounces of everything and then champagne until you basically are happy with your glass being full. And it is delicious. Very popular in Louisiana and New Orleans. And if you ever watch Southern Charm New, um, New Orleans, one of the main characters, Tamika, who's also a newscaster, she drinks it morning, noon, and night, all day long. And it's very fun to watch. It's the first thing I ever had when I was 21 in New Orleans. So it's very oh, special that's to a my good, heart. Good way to do it. 21 New Orleans first drink. Uh-huh. That's, that's I was a good drunk one. for three straight days. It was great. <laughs> And I would love to thank both Abby and Vanessa so much from the Romanza Bravo for being on my podcast. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Oh, thank, thank you for having you. Us. Yeah. Please tell everyone where they can find your amazing podcast. So if they're not already following and they can get on the bandwagon because they're late to the party, but so, we accept latecomers too. Yeah. We're available anywhere you podcast. So we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Stitcher, we're on, gosh, I mean, there's, I probably forget. There's anywhere you can listen to, you know, a true crime podcast. You can listen to Real Moms of Bravo. <laughs> and then we are also on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo. Um, and I would say be sure to follow us because I can't take much credit. It's 98% Vanessa. But anytime something breaks, it's on our stories. And we're usually oh, it's up there. posting <laughs> it pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm basically glued to my phone at all times. So if you don't want to miss out, we have a lot of good time. We have fun with money. We have fun with everybody. So join in on the fun. Yeah, I know. It's one of the best things, of course, that I ever done is follow you guys. And it's led, it's led me to here. So I'm not complaining. And I, think, I don't think anyone else is either. The memes are quality content. And the housewives love you guys. So Everyone should go and follow Sue and follow them, listen to their podcast. Again, it's 30-ish minutes or less. Like, what else do you have to do? It's the best thing to do while you're doing the dishes. I typically do it while commuting. I do it while taking a shower, washing my hair. It's the best thing ever. So you know to, like, wash the conditioner out is when the real moms at Bravo are done. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening to my Ramamza Bravo interview. I love those ladies. We had a great time on and off mic. I am now going to get into Dallas, finally. I know. I have avoided it and skated around. Not avoided it. I've made a, uh, an active choice to, I just don't give a fuck to talk about it. 
now? I will. And it's going to start and hinge on the question of, is Leanne okay? And it's going to hinge on the answer of, Leanne is not okay. So I'm going to ask and answer my own question of, is Leanne okay? And no, Leanne's not okay at the same time. And this is beyond the Carrie thing. We will get there and that is a situation all on its own. But beyond the Carrie thing, this is just not okay. Like she's lying (laughs) consistently to her boss who would know the answer to a lot of these things. But let's back up. So starting off, manipulation by guilting someone or making someone feel guilty for doing something that you didn't want them to do, that is manipulation, Leanne. Doing that to Cameron about the different shows and the Ladyboy shows and stuff. Now, I don't know where so much I fall on the whole sex work thing because, you know, your body, your choice. I don't know if the women in Thailand are actually sex slaves as much as they could be sex workers or where things fall in between. There, It happens everywhere. Um, can't happen anywhere. And But I just don't think that was something that Leanne needed to scold Karen about because she's a grown-ass woman. And saying things like, well, society, Dallas society is going to be mad at you and frown at you for this. Leanne, you're not her parents. You're not her in-laws. You are not going to help check her, you know, keep her in check in Dallas society. But I get what's happening, right? She wants to make sure that Cam stays in society because she gave up Deandra for Cam. And you don't have to agree with me. Most of you probably won't. But that's what happened. She gave up Deandra for Cam. Leanne did. Leanne is no better than Ramona. It is Ramona's pretty honest about it. But she's a social climber. So she's seen it since first season. She wants to be in society, high society in Dallas, because it matters to her. Because she never really belonged anywhere. She wants to have say she had arrived. That being said, she gave up a long-term friend with someone that she thought would be adjacent or even better in Cam. And that was a risk that she took, but she took it. And that's why she was upset that Cam was hanging out with Carrie. I would be too. No, I wouldn't. I'm not that insecure. But she definitely manipulates and gaslights. And I think she knows what she's doing, but she can never admit that. So confronting her is almost pointless. I mean, I get that it's the reunion, but it's the reunion, but it almost seems kind of like, who cares? Like, we know she's not going to receive that, so... What difference does it make? Um, Andy has been so shady. I really think he's almost tired with this show. Like, I think he's so annoyed with how much shit he's gotten for it or how much shit he has to deal with for Dallas, either on social media or in the office or having to make major decisions of, like, what to do with this cast. Where do you go from here? We, I, I reported already. Reported. That's a cute word for something I don't really do because I'm not a reporter. But I've said already on my Instagram and I think on here that they were casting for Dallas. And I've also said that I've heard allegedly Leanne was the first person that they asked back, even after airing all this, um, that she would 100% ask back. And I heard that from a few people who would know. Um, That being said, I've also heard from Deandra, she said on my show, in my interview, we don't know. They have no idea what's going to happen. They won't really find out until January, February, I think now. So kind of like what's happening with OC right now and the rumors, sidebar, the rumors in OC is that they are not, they are supposed to get their contracts this week, allegedly. Uh, so the week that this is coming out, so around the 6th, they were supposed to get their contracts and 
they basically have a round now and figure that out. And some people have not gotten theirs. I think Tamara has been trolling us by taking the orange out of her bios. I don't think she's actually no longer a housewife. So that is dead to me. I don't think that that's true. I think I think I'm not that lucky. So you aren't either. Nobody is. No one is lucky enough to have Tamara leave the show <laughs> on her accord, on Sydney accord, or Sydney's accord, on anyone else's accord. She won't do it. If she wouldn't do it for her daughter. She's not going to do it for us because we don't like her. So anyways, back to Leanne and her not being okay. I think maybe Cam is pretentious, but I like her. I do. I think there's something there that is really funny and likable and she kind of is aware of herself um she responded to one of my tweets about her always nodding her head and I was like literally Cam could someone could be talking about a turkey sandwich and be like this turkey is so tender and Cam would be nodding away like yep sure is but I've also heard her say she says it's the worst thing she does basically but she also said that she said before um that it means that she's zoning out (laughs) which I kind of love but her just telling us all about how Dallas society works is so dumb because she will explain it as if she can't help it and she just happens to be a part of it as if her elitism is like circumstance which it is because she's from California and married into this, but it's still stupid. It's so ridiculous. We are not in Downton Abbey or the Royals or um, Rain or <laughs> Game of Thrones or anything else that has something to do with this mess. Like, this is not where we are. But I do think maybe she should take Meghan Markle's place since, you know, Meghan Markle would like to step down as being a duchess, which I could, I get that. So maybe she should step down and let Cam take the lead because Cam is like, that I can't, I, I'm, I hate to say it, but there is a society in Dallas. There's a hierarchy. I hate it. I'm sorry, but it's true. It's true. And, and Stephanie, also a rich woman, I don't believe it's old money though, because, you know, well, I mean, Travis is technically older and newer money, but Stephanie's like, I don't give a fuck about this. And she's also very rich and also well off and beautiful. And it's something that I think if you just don't pay attention to it or don't put fuel into it, it doesn't have to exist. (sighs) And now we move on to how Carrie has showed out this reunion. I love it. I loved her comment about the girls' night out and how, you know, (laughs) Leanne was not invited to that. I love her talking about that. Um, And she was like, you know, you sent me an invitation to your wedding. I did not send you an invitation to my girls' night out. So you should not be here. I love that. And I really loved her being like, are you saying that my husband's gay? Because he looks asshole. And I was like, way to put your husband on blast, girl. But, jeez. Good for you. I loved how she was standing up to Leanne. And now we're going to get into why this is some bullshit, what Leanne got to say. And then I'm going to end with a little lovely story, an anecdote, to kind of put things into somewhat of perspective, but also not generalize. I'm not here to be a Leanne apologist. I'm not here to be a Carrie apologist. I felt gut-wrenched when Carrie was hurting and I think that's the point people miss is that it doesn't matter what she says about herself or what you think is normal or what you say in your neighborhood or your city or whatever 
what matters is, I said this before, and I can't really have to explain this to people, the intent behind it. And I won't let this one go. So you can come into my DMs all you want to tell me how I'm wrong about this or how I need to reconsider or how I need to be careful using the word racist, which I literally find so difficult to say LOL every time someone tells me that. Because I get it. I don't, I don't, I have never written the book on racism, nor have I ever proclaimed to. However, the last person you're going to tell that needs to quote unquote consider what racism means is a black woman in America. You're just not going to do it. And you're definitely not going to do it with me. So before I get the, be careful using that word. First of all, I can use whatever word I damn well please. Second of all, this is what it is. I've said it before. Intent is what you need to make it this way. Leanne's intent of using these words about this girl's ethnicity, her nationality, her whatever, her attitude, her adjective, her adjectives in front of her nationality, her intent was to hurt. And if you're using someone's anything that they cannot change to hurt them, what does that say about you? It's like, this is not rocket science. If a man says to a woman in the workplace, which this is what this is for these people, even though they all bets are off and all gloves are off all the time. But if a man said to a woman in the workplace, come on, little lady, or come on, strong lady. Like, we have such a problem when Joe does this to Melissa on Jersey. And when he like reduces her to being a wife, I'm like, what a boy, what about the kids? And what about the kids? And what about the house? What about me? You're supposed to be home. You're supposed to be at home. You're having a business. You're supposed to be at home. We have such a problem when he does that. We have so many issues when the men on below deck call Kate a bitch or are aggressive with her. But when a woman is visibly aggressive while talking about someone's nationality, and is vehemently adamant that it is something that she detests this woman for without saying, I hate this woman. She is talking about how much she does not like this woman by using her nationality, which is a like moot point. If you can't talk about someone's nationality, you can't talk about the things you dislike about someone without talking about their race, their ethnicity, their nationality, their gender, their sexuality, you have, you don't have a point. You know, what did Emily say, which (laughs) we found that funny. She said about Vicky, you know, don't talk about her face. She can't change that. Talk about her character because that sucks. She could have said so many things about Carrie. Again, I don't think I should have to explain this all over again. But I say that to say Leanne's intent was to hurt this woman by using her nationality, by using these fake accents and stuff against her. That was the intent. Carrie's reaction was her goal. She's only apologizing on TV because Andy's sitting right there. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's damn sure not for Carrie because she was doubling down on it up until that point and still is. And sidebar and newsflash, Steve Kimball and Leanne, just because you show us Brandy's, you know, bigotry or racism or barely inappropriate, but we're far beyond that, what that was. Her videos and stuff of her doing that, you showing us that does not negate what Leanne did. As a person of color, I am 
fully capable of having two feelings at one time. I'm fully capable of being mad at two things at one time because both things are wrong. And that's to say Brandy was right at the reunion and wrong when she made that video. The two do exist simultaneously. People are multifaceted. I also don't believe the racists are beyond hell. I think Leanne needs hella therapy. I mean, I've never met a happy racist. So I've never been everybody who's been racist to me in my life at in my early 20s is where I'm at. And it's happened a lot. And, you know, hate to break it to you. Spoiler. It's happened in Dallas a lot. It's one of the reasons why we moved out of Dallas back to the D.C. area where things make sense, made sense. But then gentrification happened and, you know, a lot of expats and it's fine, but not really. But also still more diversity where I'm at now, way more than I felt I had access to in Dallas. Not that that not that exists, but that I felt I had access to. So I'm just saying I've never met a happy one. I've always met everybody who's been racist to me, teachers, baristas at Starbucks, friends or non-friends really, school administrators. They've all seemed miserable. So they usually need therapy and therapy could help someone. That's why I think Leanne's just not okay. And she's also just needs a book. And I think she keeps thinking that using the word Mexican was a problem. But it wasn't about the word being used. She wasn't just saying, oh, so what's it like to be Mexican? Which is like a stupid question-ish. But it's also been asking for clarification purposes and all that stuff. But Leanne's saying it in that montage. That montage itself was so ridiculous. I was watching it with someone who was floored who like could not stop laughing through the entire reunion because she was so caught off guard that this shit made the air. Not that we shouldn't see it because we need to see what people are dealing with and what they're talking about. But she was just like, this is not a thing. Like what is happening? 2020 and we're doing this or 2019 and we're doing this. What is going on? Like she was just really caught off guard and doesn't really watch the show. So she was very confused and I don't blame her. And it's been a thing that people have said all the time that, You know, a lot of times African-Americans in this country have often used laughter to cope with the things that have happened in this country racially so that we can make do with what we have. And that's one of the reasons why it hurts so much more that Carrie had to go through this because I go through this on a regular basis. But to see it on TV, it almost makes you feel ashamed for having put up with it as much as you have to. Like you should do more, but you feel like you really can't because what I'm glad Carrie had this platform to call this woman out. But she was like, I had no idea saying this word Mexican was a problem. But you used it because you knew it's the only thing that separated the two of you. And that is divisive language, which is what racism is supposed to be. It's divisive. So this is not rocket science, Leanne. And apparently neither is knowing the difference between a Spaniard and a Mexican. Those are both ethnicities. Those are well, those are really both cultures of two different countries, origins, nationalities. And Carrie is Mexican. So your hot Latin lover, quote unquote, stereotype would more so be fitting of someone in a Latinx country. Southern American, Central American, those countries or those um areas are where you're more targeted when you're thinking about that when you're talking about hot latin lovers you're thinking about latin based countries however spain totally different spanish that they learn half the time they have like a whole new verb if you learn it in english or spanish class they have a whole different 
what is it conjugation that they use like it's very different it's based I mean, that's probably the base of where, you know, settlers of those countries came from. But that's a history lesson that Liam would just not be able to get. It would go straight over her head. But Julio Iglesias is a Spaniard from Spain in Europe. Carrie is a Mexican woman from Mexico in, what is that, Central America? Central America. Two different places, both beautiful people both probably similar-ish in um, race, like actual physical skin color, but different nationalities, girl. So you're, she's just, can't, Leah's just not bright. And I just feel bad about having to talk about this. And Brandy was right. It is racism. And so is Deandra. And you are what you say. And my mom used to always say this power in the tongue. And it comes a lot from people say, you know, you know, what is it drunk something sober thoughts like drunk tongue sober thoughts something like that my mom my mom used to always say there's power in the tongue so what you say has power to it and whether you want to believe it or not what you say feeds something it gives life to something and saying it so many times like she did she wanted to give life to this division between her and Carrie and to separate them for whatever reason because she did not like this woman and newsflash and nationality is not an insult so saying it as a reason to divide her and say well that's just the way that she is this Mexican wants to do this and she wants to do that that's not a division so there's no difference between it you could just say that girl that bitch that chick that hoe that anything else that we could easily like fight on a level playing field that's not leveled and that's what she wanted to do change the levels and that's what I have to say about Leanne her agreeing all the time that she knew she was wrong was simply because she knew everybody was already upset about it. Brandy with that chair was hella extra though. I just was like, <laughs> what was the point of that? Cause she never moved. So then what's the point? But she knew she had no leg to stand on, but she still didn't get it. She just said, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. And then she cries at the end. Like, this is not your time to cry, girl. I don't care about your tears. Keep those tears to yourself. I mean, she said her brain wasn't educated. And I'm like, you're 50-something years old. You can get a book. You can ask a question. And you're still doubling down on it to this day. You have your little minion of your um, party planner who did a poor job because there was no food, who has already attacked everybody else there, release stuff and find dirt just so that what it takes to pressure off you. I can be mad at both. As a black woman, I can be mad at a whole bunch of things at one time. I can be mad at racism all around. As a woman, I can be mad at sexism all around. As a minority, period, I can be mad about anybody's minorities being attacked or anybody's, you know, different labels or identities being attacked without even if I don't identify with it. I'm not a trans person, but I would be upset about I was upset about the things Jack said about Billy Lee that pretty much ran her off, even though I thought she was a tyrant. I thought she was a tyrant and a very mean person. And she could do both things at the same time. She can be a victim of what Jack said and a mean person to everybody else. Two things exist. I do think Leanne is human, which means humans have a chance to evolve and learn and grow. But that's not what she want to do. So then Leanne's not a human. I mean, she is, but she's not to me. She's dead to me. But I don't want to know her anymore. As this person on Twitter <laughs> called her so eloquently, you dumbass. And I was like, that's it. That's what this is. She's a you dumbass. Not just dumbass. She's a you dumbass. So you dumbass Leanne. Just saying. 
It's a whole lot of lip service behind that woman's mouth. She knows how to say stuff, which is like textbook manipulation. She knows how to say stuff. She knows how to cry on command. Don't buy that. Don't fall for that. That was not sincere. And that's not me being cynical. That's what happens when people get caught. If she was sincere, she wouldn't still be doing it. She wouldn't still be upset about people being mad at her. She doubled down with me. She was in my DMs attacking me about, well, not attacking me, but like arguing me about this. She was in some of my followers DMs DMing them and arguing with them about this. This was well after the show had finished rapping. And we saw Andy was so shady. The production was, I like the way Bravo fights racism. He probably said not true to her at least a dozen times. He was like, not true, Leanne. That's just not true. Not true. Not true. He looked perplexed and stressed and Leanne was stressing him out. And she can't really fight back because that's her boss. And I just want to know what we're going to do with this show now. Because those montages were wild. I mean, they really made her look awful. And seeing it in a string like that and then seeing Carrie be upset... I was about ready to throw some some blows, which means sponges, with Leanne. Like, if she wanted to take it there, we could take it there. Since she likes to take things to the next level and fight dirty. Like, she fights ghetto. Like, she does. She does not do it right. This is not how you fight on a housewife show. There are plenty of things you could have said about Carrie. And I like Carrie. There are plenty of things you can say about Leanne. And her being, you know, what, a leathery woman? Older? A white woman, those things don't even come to my mind when I want to think about Leanne, when I want to argue about Leanne. All those things are last and they're weak arguments. So why would I use them? There are other things you can do, maybe because I'm not a bigot, but you know, to each their own, but also not really. You need to be accountable for your actions. And she's been on Twitter all this time. And if you can insult, if you can't insult and fight with someone without their ethnicity or race or gender or sexuality or something that they cannot change that does not make them any less or more than you. So there's no reason to bring it up. If you can't fight without those things, you're low. That you're a dumbass. I'm moving on. <laughs> Leanne, I don't think she's a lost cause, but I just don't want to lose any more time on her. So what do we do? We throw it away. The whole show. What I do find interesting is that the ladies were did not think this was going to air. And Andy made a good point. They're not really that, like, <laughs> cause-effective with their editing. They let things play out. They let things come to fruition. And I'm okay with that. We needed to see this. We needed to know who we were dealing with. Because I was going to have Leon on the show. And now I'm so glad that it didn't work out. Because, my God. I would have looked like the biggest idiot and I would have felt like the biggest idiot. And that's all that matters. I would have compromised my morals because I would have to read her for filth for this. Oh, and now the cops are coming to take Leanne away. I mean, not really, but I live in a city. Sorry. Anyways, sorry about the sirens. I can't help where I live, you know, even though I'm moving to Atlanta really soon. Um, when Andy asked everyone i'm i'm just interested that to that they did not want you know to talk about it uh, until they knew that it was coming to light i think that says a lot though and that also kind of seems consistent with dallas <sighs> just the people that i've dealt with it kind of was like again in front of it to do crowd or um, what is it damage control i guess versus the morally right thing and there are some great people in Dallas some of my favorite people are in Dallas I've met amazing people in Dallas through this podcast and Instagram and otherwise but other than that this seems kind of consistent so 
I'm interested to see where we go from here because I don't know where we go from here. And them having to apologize to each other or regret one thing, I guess Andy was just trying to really bring it home that Leanne needs to apologize. But Carrie using her apology on Leanne, she's a better woman than me. So hats off to you, Carrie. Um, could not have been me. I would not have made my apology about her. I, mean, I don't care how wrong I was. I, I just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good woman. I'm just, that's not it. That's not it for me. And then my last thing is I left, I wanted to leave off with this story. So I had a teacher in Dallas when I was in the fifth grade, I was 10. She called me the N word and made me sit in the back of the class to eat away from her and all my other friends who kind of already isolated me because the teacher was doing it. And when I told my parents and my teachers and my teacher almost lost her job, she cried in all of our faces as one does as a teacher um, who's about to lose their job or anyone's about to lose their job. They cry. And she cried in all of our faces. And then I left the school and went to another one. And found out from a friend who was still there that she basically did something very similar the very following year to another girl who was a friend of mine. And the school closed instead. And I never knew why fully, but I'm not saying that that's the reason why, but I'm just saying that it didn't work out anymore. And what I just know is I didn't believe that woman's tears then, and I don't believe Leanne's tears now because she is doubling down on Twitter. And Carrie said, it's in your actions. And unless you have been exposed to a lot of incensed and spirited bigotry and hatred, especially about your race. I mean, it's equally as bad being a woman in the world and being a member of any community that is targeted and marginalized. But when you have to deal with it as for racial reasons, it stings to another degree. And I should not have to explain this to a lot of adults, not saying that all of you lovely listeners who still listen and didn't unsubscribe when I said Leanne was being racist months ago, um, that you all don't get this, but it seems like Leanne still doesn't. So we just going to all just pass her around our prayer circle and whatever you pray to and wherever you pray to, whatever circle that look like, square, triangle, whatever, just keep her in your thoughts and prayers. And like, I'm going to start trending or I'm going to start hashtagging whenever I talk about Leanne thoughts and prayers, like, we're going to make her a tragedy. Like, just like any other thing that we just throw thoughts and prayers at that's a tragedy in America, we're just going to throw it at that. You know, every time you see me post about Dallas or Leanne, I'm just going to say thoughts or prayers, thoughts and prayers. And on Atlanta, the hashtag for that is the bar is on the floor because those men are so trash over there that the bar is on the ground. It's literally on the floor. So that is what I'm leaving you with for uh, Dallas. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to go end on a high note and do my last two minutes. I'm going to try to do this max. Talking about two of my new segments, both FOMO and questions that need answers. And here we go. So FOMO, a show that you need to be watching. Shows that you are watch- that you should watch that you're probably messing out on. Or you might join me and be like, oh my God, girl, I stand so hard. Project Runway. Recently, a designer was on that show and he did not make a good outfit. And the outfit was specifically supposed to be designed for Carly Kloss, supermodel and judge and host of the show. She was becoming a judge for this moment. He was supposed to design something for her that he thought she would wear to a con music uh, film festival in 
what is that? Paris? No, uh, France? Cons? France? Sounds right. Um, she said no. She didn't like it. And he said, really? You don't think it's like Martha's Vineyard? And she's like, no, I don't like it. He goes, not even when dinners with the Kushners? And everyone said, oh. And Carly became a meme. And she goes, oh, like you can't see it, but I'll post it. She is floored. I am floored. And it's because Carly's bro- um, husband is brothers with Jared Kushner, Ivanka's, Ivanka Trump's husband. Also, Jared Kushner works in the administration. And that is her brother-in-law, Carly's brother-in-law. Ivanka is what her sister-in-law and she has openly talked about how much she's tried to push away from that identity and like that side of the family so that people don't assume um because she does not like agree and she doesn't want it's been hard for her and Bravo has never talked about it before but they kept it in for this honey because Andy said about that editing they don't discriminate okay unlike Leanne the other thing you need to be watching is watch what happens live tape it stay up whatever listen to the podcast because Yes, we all know Danielle decided she's going to quit the Housewives and she was going to go and promote her Instagram cooking show that no one's going to believe in her really doing and is never going to become anything bigger than that. Mark my words. Um, But really, Sophia from Atlanta, wherever you are, girl, I need to buy you a drink. Find Sophia, everyone, please. We're a small and tight-knit community. I mean, we're not really. It's like 700 subscribers at this point. But all of us need to find Sophia in Atlanta and buy her a drink because she called in and she had a question for Stephanie from Dallas and her she started with saying hi to everyone as most callers do and she goes hi Andy hi Beverly Stephanie my question's for you and didn't miss a beat it took Danielle a hot second and then she flipped off the camera and I cracked up I cackled I cackled I literally cackled that's amazing. Beverly needs, I mean, well, Beverly does need a drink, but Sophia from Atlanta, you need a drink. You deserve all of our respect. Thank you. That was over a minute. So questions that need answers. Who are these women in the back at the Stephen Dan store? Did we hire extras? I talked about this with Raven. The stores, both boutiques usually hire women who can wear things in the store because it is promotable. I have worked many years in retail. People do ask you, where did you get that? What do you do that? What is that? Oh, this is this, but I paired it with that. Those are things people do. These women were of a particular size that signifies, you know, real women. Um, not real as in like not a real woman if you're not this size, but like very womanly figures. Okay. Very feminine, beautiful women. They love their reactions, but, you know, more developed women. These women working in the store, the store only carries like at least online up to about a size seven or eight and they're not looking to be that size so where did these women come from where they could easily shade this whole dog walking scenario that blew my mind and they were looking so disgusted with these women and I loved it and they were shading them really hard with their looks so where did they come from did we hire an extras okay yeah maybe um I posted that as well. And follow me on Twitter if you want to do live tweeting with me and we, while I watch my shows. As well as, you know, while I do it on Instagram, I do like do little videos and I talk about it. And people love that. And it's me and my never fully done hair or my overly made up face. And I never know which one I'm coming or going, which one is going to be. And I do that on Instagram as well. So 
that is where I got this idea for questions that need answers, where I'm just going to focus on some things that I think people missed. And it was, where did these women come from? Do we have extras for Jersey? Can I be an extra for Potomac while I live here? Oh, I'm moving. Can I be an extra for Atlanta or any other housewife? Because I will travel like Bronwyn did to move to be casted on OC. Allegedly. Bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at MixingWithMani, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I, so you can keep up with me. And don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.